0: you are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn
1: from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. I think volatility will be a good trade. So go long volatility, but not until probably the end of January. Um, get into mid mid to, mid to late January. I think the play is buy call options and volatility, whether you do it with the VIX index or you do it with the VXX, which is a an ETF for, the, for VIX, that's going to be the play of the year.
0: In today's episode, we are going to be hearing from master trader and market commentator, Nick Santiago of InTheMoneyStocks.com. Nick, thanks for coming back onto the show. Let's start with your analysis of GDX and GDXJ. What do you think is going on here?
1: Yeah, well, I still think we have some downside in both. I've know, I know we had a little bit of a bounce recently the last uh, week or so. Um, But I think that was just from a severe oversold condition. I still think that GDX is headed a little bit lower and GDXJ is also headed a little bit lower. I do predominantly more of my work on the GDX, which is the bigger gold miners. Um, So I'm I'm leaning towards around 30-31 as a bottom there. And I think we're going to get a nice bounce, a nice rebound at that level. But I do think we're going to get down to that spot.
0: So gold and silver have crashed a little, although they seem to be finding some support. Whether it's final support for this move, we'll see. How does your analysis of GDXJ and GDX uh, factor into your analysis of where gold and silver are headed? Because as you know, oftentimes the gold stocks telegraph where gold is headed.
1: Yeah, a good barometer for me, I always like to see the gold stocks lead the actual metal. When the miners are leading the metal, that's a really, really bullish indicator. When the miners are lagging the metal, which they are at the moment, that's a little bit of a negative indicator for me. So if anybody at home or anybody that watches this wants to take something away, that's that's something good that I think you could use for years and years to come. Uh, you watch the miners. The miners want to be leading the metal. If they're leading the metal, that's the market's way of talking. If they're lagging the metal, ah, you got to be a little bit careful there. You know, um, I, I see that often a lot of people will still get very, very aggressive gold, and, and they don't realize, hey, why are the miners lagging the price of gold or, or the gold futures? They should be leading because you know these are the guys that need that price to be up to make money. So uh, that's something I always watch for. And right now, the miners are lagging a little bit. So like I said, I think the GDX headed down to 31. I'm not so sure about the GDXJ. I got to look at that. I don't follow that as closely.
0: What about gold? Where's key support right now?
1: So gold just had a nice pop on Monday. Uh, really, the bottom was in last Friday. But Monday, people don't realize, was uh, a lunar effect, right? You had an eclipse. And very, very often around the lunar phases, we get pops in gold. Gold was very, very oversold. I think it's just an oversold bounce. Um, I think it's headed back down to 1,700. 1,700, I'm going to be a buyer.
0: And then from there, what, where's the next leg pointing to?
1: Well, how I do it is I'll, look, I'll set a target, uh, a range, a first target, and usually it will be pretty conservative. And once I get to that target, then I can reassess and see where the next target or the next uh, resistance point will be, where there's institutions that are willing to sell. Um, if, if we get through that first target with real momentum, then I usually will raise my second target or look a little bit higher, or perhaps, you know, maybe that's even a significant bottom and we got a new bull run going on. But like the last time I think I was on your program, I had told you I missed that last pop. And I was getting a lot of slack from people saying, hey, you know, gold's going higher. And, I, and I, while I do think it's going higher down the road, in the short run, I was saying, no, no, this is a parabolic move and we'll come down and don't rush into gold right now. And you can see it's, it's pulled back, you know, quite a bit from the 2000 plus, you know, went, we actually went sub 1800 for a little bit.
0: Yep. What's been your best trade in the last month since we last spoke?
1: Well, I've had a lot of good trades. Um, I haven't done much in the metals, though. I've been really stay, staying away from them. But um, I just uh, took a position in Citrix Systems. I closed out a $6 gain yesterday. I'm still holding half of that. I, I closed out three options this week for 91% total gain. Um, so it, it's been it's been pretty good.
0: Okay. Any specific mining stocks you're trading?
1: Not right now, um, but I will be getting into the GDX. And most likely, I'm going to probably buy a Nico Eagle, AEM is the ticker symbol there, and also Newmont Mining. That's one of my favorites. Um, So those are the two I like to trade most often. Um, Then there's others. Barrick could be be a play. Kirkland uh, Lake Gold could be another play. Um, Gold Corp could be a play. But uh, probably Newmont and Agnico Eagle are the two that I kind of chummy up with a little bit.
0: Oil's been performing strong. You shared previously on this show, as we've been speaking about once a month, that you were in the USO ETF via some call options. I believe is that still your best oil play?
1: No, I got. A, I th- those stopped out. They were an October expiration. I stopped, uh I got out of. I mean, they expired worthless. But that was because the USO restructured after uh the big collapse happened where oil actually went negative and um so the USO had a restructure in order to stay in business so you know I, I didn't do well on that that expired worthless on me but that's the reason why I did it via options I only put a little bit up I know my max risk is the premium I pay for the option so they did expire worthless on me but I knew gold I knew oil was going back up I just I just didn't benefit I should have traded the futures but it's okay. That's that sometimes the way you play it and uh, they don't always all work out.
0: And I believe you told me in the past, you're right about 80% of the time.
1: Just about 80%. Right now, I think I'm a little bit higher at the moment. Um, But pretty much consistently over the last 20 years, about 80%.
0: What's the best energy trade that you see out there right now?
1: Well, to be honest, I missed this whole energy move going up. Uh, I didn't think that energy would ever react the way it did with the election, and um, energy is just you know really taken off from the from the lows here. So I'm going to keep an eye on it, but I've been avoiding energy because I thought it was in a bear market, and with the uh, with the election results, even though they're not finalized, nothing's official yet. Uh, just with the uh, the announcement that Joe Biden did as well as he did, and which I never thought would even possibly ever happen. Um, you know, I, I really believe once he if he does take office, I don't see energy going much higher. I think it's it's potentially a good short play, um, but we won't know until you know there's an official uh, winning announcement, not not by the uh, the mainstream media, but by the uh, electoral college.
0: OreFinders Resources is exploring for and developing high-grade gold assets in the prolific Abitibi Greenstone Belt of Ontario and Quebec, which has seen over 50 million ounces of historic gold production. Billionaire mining financier Eric Sprott is a strong backer of OreFinders, and insiders own 15% of the company. Listen to CEO Stephen Stewart.
1: We are in this to make a discovery. Uh, We are in this to sell this company and uh, make money just like the rest of our shareholders do. And now it's all about putting the money
0: into the ground and looking for that billion dollar drill hole that we seek. Orefinders trades under ORX in Toronto and under the ticker ORFDF on the OTC. To learn more, go to orefinders.ca. That's orefinders.ca. So you'll make your trading decision regarding the election in February then? Would that be the time frame would you really start to rethink your portfolio?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I've just avoided the energy sector altogether recently, just simply because uh, they, were, they were just performing so bad. Um, you know, they didn't really come off the lows until just before the election itself. And uh, the whole market did. The market was pulling back at that time. But, you know, the, the irony here, uh, you had energy stocks do really well and financials. Those are the two laggards of 2020. And both of those sto- both of those sectors and industry groups, really took off to the upside uh, just prior to the election. And they haven't stopped. They're still strong right now.
0: So are you in any bank stocks right now? Buffett bu- sold a lot of his bank stocks recently. Yeah,
1: I saw that. I saw it. I looked at Buffett's 13F filing, and he's lightening the load. He's lightening up on all of his uh, financials, including JP Morgan, which is, is probably one of the better financials. So um, you know, again, I haven't done much in, in the financials. I've done some call options here and there. But I haven't really dabbled with a whole lot of the financials just because they've been the weaker industry group. So I try to stick with what is strong and I try to stick with chart patterns that, you know, after you have a big move, you get consolidation. So now, you know, maybe the energies will be on my my watch list and uh, maybe the financials, too, after they pull back. But, you know, I don't chase anything. I buy things when they're on sale. You know, it's just like when you go to the supermarket. Um, If they have a two for one, I'm going to jump on that deal but uh, I'm not paying up and you know, buying it at the high price. I'd I wait for things to pull back to retrace, use a lot of mathematics and everything I do, and then I'll get involved in it.
0: What about the retail sector? Are you in any retail trades right now?
1: No, I have no retails right now, no retailers right now, but a few of them are interesting. You see in the big, a lot of the big box retailers, like Home Depot and Costco, they're starting to pull back now. Target's another name pulling back, Best Buy, and then you're seeing stocks that were beaten down like Nordstrom and Macy's and coal stores, they're all getting bids. So you're seeing a little bit of a, of a, of a shift from the big box retailers to the beaten down retailers. And, and that's a, a little bit of a positive sign for markets, but you know, I've been doing a lot of work on my 2021 forecast and every year I, I model it out and, and I see, you know I try to give myself a little roadmap of what to expect in the future. We, we're going to have a very, very wild 2021. If people think 2020 was something, wait till you see what's coming up. It's Can you give be... us
0: any tidbits of what might be a good trade? or?
1: Well, Yeah, I think volatility will be a good trade. So go long volatility, but not until probably the end of January. Um, get into mid, mid, to, mid to late January. I think the play is buy call options and volatility. Whether you do it with the VIX index or you do it with the VXX, which is a an ETF for the for VIX, that's going to be the play of the year.
0: Wow, that's the play of the year. You're calling it right now. Right now. Okay. No matter who's president, no matter if they do stimulus or not, that's the call. No
1: not matter who's in office with this one.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, any trades in the bond? With bonds or bond ETFs? Well,
1: I have. I, I own call options. Um, on TBT. I, and um, I, I've been in and out of TBT. But as you know, I said on your show, I think yields have bottomed. And I don't mean for you know the next, I mean, for the next 10 years. So I think bond yields have bottomed. I am looking to get into a TBT. Recently, I was in it. I made money on the first half. I got stopped out of the second half. Then I missed the move on this recent run. So I'm looking to get back in it today. Uh, maybe, maybe this afternoon. I don't know. I, I got to look at it. But, you know, we're, we're looking at the 10 year now getting towards 1%. And um, once this gets started, you're going to and that could be something that hurts the market, you know, next year as well, if yields go up too much too quickly. But ultimately, bond yields have bottom.
0: Nick, uh, in the past week, I've watched the dollar bulls get bashed on social media pretty brutally as the dollar has fallen. Where do you expect the dollar to continue to move?
1: Well, the dollar has taken a little bit of a hit and it's gone down. A lot of it has to do with with what's going on in Europe, Europe is probably going to move towards their own cryptocurrency. So that's keeping a bid in the euro right now. It's very, very tricky, the currency market. I've traded the currency market for a long time, very successfully. But this time around, I have to say, I I didn't love what I was seeing on the chart, but I liked, and I still like the dollar. I still think the dollar is going to be the place to be all the way up to around 2024, 2025, although it has dipped, but it's going to set up with an opportunity. It's just not yet.
0: Okay. And last question, Bitcoin and cryptos. As you see, Bitcoin has kind of diverged from the gold price. Any commentary here you can provide?
1: Well, you know, you you get a lot of money managers right now out there. Big hedge fund guys, Paul Tudor jones all of these guys are promoting uh, Bitcoin. They're all in on it. They're all saying, hey, this is where you want to be. My biggest fear with Bitcoin uh, as a trader is that we could wake up one day and the government could just shut it down. What's to say that can't happen? We just had an election. We're finding out there's tons of fraud in these voting machines. That's probably getting you know, not reported by the mainstream media. What's to say there can't be fraud or something you know, going on in a blockchain, right? Blockchain's supposed to cut out the middleman. But my biggest fear is that you know, once, once these governments, uh, you hear about this great reset going on and, and, and a lot of stuff really coming out of Europe, and they're already pushing that they're going to put the euro into a crypto, into their own cryptocurrency. Now, do they want Bitcoin competing with them? So what happens if Bitcoin gets outlawed at these places? That's my biggest fear with, with Bitcoin. And uh, I've, I've avoided it. I have a partner that loves it. He's in it all the time. But I, I don't touch it. I don't t- I'd rather be in something tangible like gold or perhaps this bar of silver right here that's, that's what I feel better with. You know, I'm not really so keen on on the cryptos.
0: (laughs) That's pretty cool to see. What is that? A 10 ounce bar of silver right there next to all your charts, (laughs) (laughs) just to remind you to invest in tangibles.
1: Yes, that's right. I keep it on my, it's a, it's a, it's a weight keeps all my papers down.
0: Nice. I should do that too. All right. Nick's website is inthemoneystocks.com. He's a trader. He aims for about 80% success rate. And Nick, just remind my listeners, uh, how much are you up this year?
1: Having a really, really good year, pushing over 200% on swings, uh, over 1,100% on options.
0: Excellent. All right, Nick, thanks for joining me and coming on the show today.
1: Uh, it's great to be here, Bill. Thank you very much.
0: The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts, might cost 50 or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for one returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks